0: Welcome to another episode of The Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, join me and my co-host, Alex Ross, as we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss a medical claim analysis software and algorithm to diagnose diseases in a school safety resource. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 72 for the week of February 15th. I'm Matt Moneypenny. and I'm Alex Ross. Before we get started though, our diagnosis code of the week is L24.7, irritant contact dermatitis due to plants except food.
1: You know, interestingly enough, this Interestingly had, enough, yeah, this happened to me this weekend. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so this weekend was obviously Valentine's Day right okay. and and so frankly we went out to dinner as you do yeah uh and this year i told my significant other no flowers we're not doing that um okay. but she knows how much i like house plants uh so she didn't get me like flowers uh instead she got me a plant um a this plant. plant yes this plant in particular is of the mm-hmm. spiky variety. Um, some might uh, say yes. a cactus, in fact.
0: A cacti? You yeah, mean?
1: but just Thank one, you. a singular right. cactus, not multiple cacti. Uh-huh. Uh, but mm-hmm. it does belong to that family, if you will. And uh, yeah, so naturally, when someone hands you a Valentine's bag with wrapping paper and everything, your first thing to do is... Is smash it with your hand. Exactly, squeeze it to find <laughs> out what's really inside hard. of it. And we found out that uh, it was very spiky. Now it didn't create any stab wounds, however, because it, it had many, many small needles on it instead of larger ones, and so instead it just created this this ugly-looking, like rash-type thing. Um, and and I had like a little, almost a reaction to it. My skin mm-hmm. kind of flared up and inflamed. Some might even call it dermatitis. It was. Did uh, your
0: did your palms get sweaty? Were your knees no. weak? No. Oh. Oh. No. Different, they were not. different variety.
1: Yes. Okay. Thankfully. So yeah, that's that's my harrowing weekend story. Yeah. Luckily, everything's back to normal. Uh, my new cactus buddy, his name is Ralph, and he now lives in my south-facing window.
0: Very nice. Very nice. That would and with us get right to the news. First up, we have Digital Owl claims to help the insurance market. In healthcare, claim adjusters and underwriters read and parse hundreds of documents per case. Each year, the insurance market invests more than $3 billion in work hours devoted to collating and summarizing medical records. But Digital Owl, a provider of AI-powered medical claim analysis software, aims to solve these challenges. Using natural language processing, it extracts information from electronic medical records. The data is presented chronologically, Users can search and filter by condition, date, body part, body system, and provider. Every condition, date, and entry is clickable, which takes users to the source of the information in the record. The tool allows providers to replace the lengthy manual and error-prone process with automation and accuracy to better predict risk and claims.
1: The only question becomes, do we pass these savings on to the actual insured? And the cynic in me says probably not.
0: Right, right. Of course not. (laughs) it it sounds nice but it is is cool that you know AI is starting to come into the world of uh, medical billing and coding but
1: one of the obvious benefits that I might expect to see is is the reduction of errors which could potentially mean my claim gets paid first rather than denied for an error basically Mm -hmm. Um, which could save me a lot of headache or my billing team A lot of headache in in dealing with so i like that i'd love to see that that kind of the the dollars that they're saving goes to help out you know in a reduction of insurance premiums for example
0: right right one of the things to keep in mind though and i'm not saying that digital lab does this but any ai is a big big uh buzzword right now in any industry because You know, there's a lot of stuff out there that actually uses AI that's really, really helpful and actually is AI driven. But there also is a lot of snake oil related (laughs) AI stuff. And I'm not saying digital is doing this. It'd be cool to see their product. But just, you know, something to keep in mind across the world. Like, don't don't fall for the the AI buzzword.
1: That is a good point. What does AI even mean in the context of the insurance market?
0: Artificial insurance.
1: (laughs) Next up, Dr. Algorithm will now diagnose your disease. Text mining of electronic health records can be used to identify and characterize patients with systemic lupus erythematosus. To identify SLE, the algorithm was designed to search EHRs for keywords to calculate the likelihood of the diagnosis. Algorithm-generated diagnoses were compared to official laboratory test diagnoses. To test the accuracy, a clinical immunologist manually checked the EHRs of 100 randomly selected patients. The immunologist assigned SLE to 55 of the 100 patients. 53 of these were correctly diagnosed by the algorithm. This tool may be useful for assessing large volumes of medical records data such as clinical trials.
0: Yeah, so there's a ton of medical data in the world. (laughs) It's almost like People are there's so much research that goes into healthcare that there's just no way that anybody can mine it all and find everything that's in it. All the different correlations, all of the different causations, right. everything like that. Which ends up what we end up with is, you know, they find a trend. Usually they a lot of times people will find the correlation and it'll be like, Well, I mean, does that actually bring value? Or is it just saying, okay, people who you know drink water five times a day or more likely to have cancer i mean that doesn't seem like right <laughs> that doesn't seem truthful so if there's anything that can assess large volumes of medical record data or any kind of medical rec- or medical data is is usually a good thing in my opinion right
1: so what they were looking for in this algorithm was 14 different immune mediated inflammatory diseases and the presence yes. 18 relative or relevant symptoms. So using those two things, that's what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. So they weren't looking uh, at diagnoses necessarily They they were looking for things that were related and yeah. using that to guess the chance that certain patients were then to be diagnosed with this, this other disease. And that's pretty cool. Imagine right. if you will. Uh, A software that does this automatically, it has correlations just programmed into it, and it's constantly checking your health records. And each time you go into the doctor, it says you might want to run a test for something like this. This seems very likely, or this is uh, greater than 50% chance. Maybe you want to input some extra data to see how that affects it, right? And you can monitor those chances or those relative probabilities over time and use that to inform your diagnostic procedures. I think that's pretty cool.
0: Right, yeah, no, that is sweet. Definitely very interesting. The stuff you can do with algorithms continues to blow me away. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, speak up and speak out if you have a concern. Wisconsin's Attorney General is reminding school students and families of a school safety resource for those in the community that fear someone may harm themselves or others. The Speak Up, Speak Out Resource Center offers 24-7 threat reporting systems, threat assessments, consultations, critical incident responses, and general school safety guidances. Students, parents, school staff, or any community members can submit a school safety concern. Staff workers work 24-7 to respond to tips by communicating with school administrators, counselors, and law enforcement if necessary. The reporting system has received tips regarding child abuse, cyberbullying, drugs, weapons, and many other issues, including sixteen suicide threats. Tips have also led to more than twenty-eight welfare checks.
1: I could see a service like this becoming one of the next um, three-digit phone calls. Right? Instead of calling nine-one-one mm-hmm. for an emergency, you dial—I don't know—six-two-four or something like that. It's
0: always like—it's always like one. It's always two ones in a number.
1: Usually, but I don't know if any of them are still open.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to look that up. But Usually, like, you got 911. You got, you got, okay, there's 211 for community services information, 311 for municipal government services, non-emergency number, 411 for directory assistance, 511 traffic information or non-police emergency services, Or non emergency police services. Really? 611 for telephone company customer service and repair. 711 for TDD and relay services for the deaf and hard of hearing. 811 for underground public utility location. 911 for emergency services. So the only one that's not in use is 111 and 011.
1: Interesting. I didn't Mm -hmm. know that half of those were options. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, shows you
1: how much information I gather Actually, from the internet as opposed to phone nowadays.
0: Yeah, it seems that zero one one and one 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 are in use, and they usually indicate special dialing arrangements. Mm-hmm. So maybe we start adding the two. Maybe we go one two one. <laughs>
1: There we are. <laughs> or we just I, change them to zeros like seven zero zero or
0: nine zero yeah, or zero zero one. That I would think be that good. makes sense. Yeah.
1: But because this reporting system is statewide, right, it's done by the yeah. attorney general's office. It's not like a specific school or something that's utilizing this. I see it as a almost like a non-emergency number, right? Almost. But it, more so less immediate emergency and more potential emergency right it still needs some kind of immediate action some kind of immediate intervention um but there isn't like get squad cars down here right this second kind of thing yeah um at least generally and so having that central group that knows how to handle those more specific situations makes a lot of sense
0: yeah i agree i agree with that, let's go into our next segment. B R E A C H, Breach Patrol. It's, it's a breach. breach! All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol, where we talk about the latest, the biggest, and the scariest breaches all across the world.
1: First up, law firm now has its own legal issues. A cyber attack on a Pennsylvania law firm has potentially exposed the personal health information of over thirty six thousand patients of the university of pittsburgh medical center the law firm charles j hilton and associates pc which provides legal services to upmc discovered suspicious activity in its employee email system last june an investigation found that hackers gained access to several employee email accounts from april through june in december upmc received a breach notification report from cjh confirming that the hacker may have accessed patient data CJH is in the process of notifying potentially affected patients. There's no evidence that the data was misused. Complementary credit monitoring and identity theft protection services are being offered by CJH to patients whose data was compromised.
0: Definitely a lot of abbreviations. (laughs) (laughs) We got Charles J. Hilton and Associates PC, which is also CJH for short and the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, a.k.a. UPMC, involved in this breach. <laughs> if you couldn't follow that. <laughs> right. So, I mean, the classic complimentary credit monitoring and identity theft protection services. So that was offered, of course. We've talked about that before. Um, a, an interesting thing is, is my girlfriend got a, a message, a mail, piece of mail, through uh, uh, last weekend, and it was saying, it was that big government breach that happened like mm-hmm. a month ago. And it, basically it said that, you know, you were affected here's what could be affected. Here's some free credit monitoring and identity theft protection software. So she now has that. She signed up for it. And it actually, you know, when I was reading the the, the letter, cause she gave it to me and I was like, Oh, this is interesting. I was like, Oh, this, I actually feel better for you that you have this cu- credit card monitoring because there's really nothing you can do about it, you know? Right. It would be right. nice if it was just like a lifetime. Like, I feel like it should be almost a utility at this point. Like, so should internet, but that's a different conversation. But I feel like, you know, internet and identity protection should probably be a utility at this point because it's gotten so out of control with breaches that there's really no way to,
1: <laughs> right. to go
0: about it. <laughs> you I know can see that.
1: At some point, though, we're going to have to just come up with a different identification system right because everybody's been exposed so many times yeah that our only option is to really just wipe it start over and and to be fair like social security number was never meant to be an identity thing it was never meant to be an identification number it was only supposed to be the account number that you access your social security benefits but because everyone had one it it became that that number
0: yep and also credit reports didn't happen until like nineteen eighty nine. Credit scores. Interesting.
1: So. Well, to be fair, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if uh, I, I don't know if this is right, but in my mind, I I feel like I remember clearly in third grade being taught that the Great Depression, a lot of it came out because people started using credit and couldn't pay it back.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, credit scores are are definitely new, but. Overall, it's a good thing because before credit scores were a thing, people were like it was up to the person, the loaner, like the bank, the person that was working at the bank, Where I mean, obviously, if it's just based on, okay, I'm going to give me like your bills and see proof of purchase for those bills. Mm -hmm. And then obviously you look like you're a trustworthy person. Like, you know what I mean? It starts (laughs) getting really biased really quickly. So overall, it's a good thing. Um, but it, it does have some unfortunate things that can come from it, such as breaches. True. Next up, Code Red from CD Projekt Red. The Poland-based video game developer CD Projekt Red has suffered a data breach conducted by unknown hackers demanding ransom. The targeted attack compromised some of the company's internal systems. The hacker collected company data and successfully encrypted some devices. CDPR, or CD Projekt Red's, Backups remain intact and the IT infrastructure has been secured. To the best of its knowledge, data of players or users was not breached, but the company still recommends resetting user credentials just in case. CD Projekt Red says that it wouldn't pay ransom or negotiate with the hacker and it will cooperate with Polish authorities and IT forensic specialists.
1: I remember hearing about this one. Um, Yeah, I do too. If I remember correctly, Cyberpunk 2077 which is like the newest cyberpunk, the entire source code was leaked uh, from (laughs) the pack.
0: So that's ironic because that is their, so obviously that's their, their, that's like one of the biggest video game titles of 2021. Right. Or 2020, I guess is when it came out. And it was kind of a dud from what I heard. And, but it still sold like crazy. But the ironic part about it, Is it's about, it's cyberpunk. So it's all about like futuristic technology. And then CD project ride gets, (laughs) gets breached. So it's kind of ironic. But I also think that the reason why video game companies get breached in the first place is because of disgruntled gamers being like, this game sucks. Like I waited this much time for this game and I'm disappointed in it. So I'm going to get back at the development company and, uh, Breach them. I feel like that's you know? probably something that seems pretty reasonable or not doesn't seem reasonable, but that seems like what happens,
1: you know, I, I, I think that might not be too far fetched, especially because <laughs> a lot of people, I, I feel like people who are generally good at computer programming also tend to enjoy video games. So there, are yeah. I be mean, they kind of go really hand in hand.
0: There. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like people who who are salespeople usually like sports because it's really relatable. Same kind of thing.
1: And finally, Emsisoft apologizes for soft security. The New Zealand cybersecurity company Emsisoft issued an apology over a configuration error that led to a breach. A database containing log records was accessible to unauthorized third parties between January 8th and February 3rd. This was an automated attack, not specifically targeted at Emsisoft. Only parts of the affected database were accessed, but it's impossible to determine exactly which data rows were accessed. The company took the impacted system offline and launched an investigation. Impacted data consists of technical logs produced by the company's endpoint protection software, which generally don't contain personal information. But they noticed that 14 customer email addresses were part of the scan logs these customers have been contacted it's it's really hard uh with all these breaches that y- you know a lot of them tend to be almost the same thing over and over yep and yeah. we've we've said this before and i hate to sound like a a broken clock or whatever but it, it's not so much if you'll get breached it's more so when and what mm-hmm. will you do to mitigate and how exactly so take your security seriously because it 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 might be something as simple as your team made a mistake, oops, and now you have a breach. Yeah. Right? It, it may not even like, be a malicious hack or something that that crazy.
0: Yeah. It seems like a lot of the, the breaches that we discussed that are, that kind of have a pattern are, you know, disgruntled employee, accidental employee mistake, uh database log records that are made public in some capacity that are found um, or, you know, just an upset customer <laughs> mm-hmm. or ransomware. I mean, ransomware is obviously one of the bigger ones too. So it seems like the majority of the breaches that we discuss fall under that category. So, right. It's obvious that we're in this, in the segment, we're pointing out the pattern that, you know, breaches are happening more and more often. And it, and you know, here's the categories of breaches. So just so you're aware, so that you can put like your compliance policies in certain places where you need to, to prevent them.
1: And that's it for this week's wrap up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Alex Ross.
0: And I'm Matt Moneypenny.
1: And we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Bandage. This week's episode was written and produced by eTactics. eTactics is a leading revenue cycle solutions organization committed to providing innovative, web-based solutions that improve our clients' cash management and customer relationships. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.